Good morning. So the title of the service today is Reflections on Singing the Living Tradition. Uh, you'll recognize that as the title of our hymnal. Uh, today we're going to learn just a little bit about our UU hymnal. This is the one we call the Gray Hymnal as opposed to the one we call the Teal Hymnal. Um, anyway, uh, there's a quote in the hymn book that says, Religion is a present reality. It is also an inheritance. Or to use a more current expression, a living faith must have both roots and wings. A hymn book is one place where we find both our present reality and our inheritance as you use. Singing the Living Tradition was first published by the Unitarian Universalist Association in 1993. The hymnal was meant to be much more inclusive in both gender references, multicultural sources, and a wider number of religious inspirations than the previous hymnal. The first UUA hymnal was titled Hymns for the Celebration of Life, and it was first published in 1964, just a few years after the Unitarians and the Universalists joined to form the Unitarian Universalist Association. That first hymnal was more traditionally religious. So in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, as UUs became more involved in the social movements of the time, they became more uncomfortable with terminology that was not inclusive in that original hymnal. The Hymn Book Resources Commission had the task of modernizing the hymnal and ensuring that lyrics are inclusive and welcoming to all. That was a major goal for this current hymn book that was published many years ago now in 1993. As you know, from time to time, we still find language in our hymnals that doesn't work for our present day. The Till hymnal called Singing the Journey has a song that's called Standing on the Side of Love. That song was retitled and reworded a few years ago to be more inclusive. The new name and phrasing is Answering the Call of Love. So this language issue is probably gonna be always a work in progress for us. Back to the Gray Hymnal. The Gray Hymnal has 415 hymns and songs. It has 317 readings. The categories of the hymns cover mystery and wonder, seasons and nature, world religions. In fact, if you look at the beginning of the hymnal, you will see the songs are organized around the six sources, except there were only five sources in 1993 uh, when this hymn book came out. Um, you'll, you'll notice these are direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder which moves us to a renewal of the spirit, words and deeds of prophetic uh, people, wisdom from the world's religions, Jewish and Christian teachings, humanist teachings, and then the sixth source, spiritual teachings of earth-centered uh, earth traditions is not there. Uh, it's included in the transcending mystery and wonder. That sixth source was added in 1995, and that was two years after this gray hymnal was, was published. Uh, I expect the next iteration will have its own section there. Uh, as you use, we have more than one way of experiencing the world and understanding the sacred. What we call our living tradition draws from those six sources of inspiration, from scripture to poetry to modern day heroes. How do you experience the world? How do you make meaning? What beliefs and traditions are yours? Answers to those questions are important in making meaning in a sacred or religious or spiritual sense. And that's what we mean by the idea of the living tradition. According to Jason Shelton, Singing the Living Tradition was the first standard denominational hymn book to include songs from Unitarians in Eastern Europe, spirituals from the African American tradition, we sang one of those today, folk and popular songs, music of major non-Christian religious traditions, and chants and rounds gathered from the various traditions of the world. 
The readings in the hymnal are also important to us. Many of the chalice lightings, chalice extinguishings, opening words, meditations are from these readings. You will know that they're also organized by those sources and also the type of reading. So you'll see sections, for example, like opening words and humanist teachings. Um, I'll read a little bit um, from the preface to the hymnal that was written by the Hymn Book Resources Committee, uh, and, and then we'll, um, we'll get on to a participation portion of this sermon. Okay. Our living tradition began in the 20th century primarily as a liberal Christianity among Unitarians and Universalists and ends that same century also embracing the riches of humanism, feminism, mysticism, um, theism, the Jewish tradition, and many other world faith traditions, and the skepticism generated by this century's disillusioning woes and wars. We knew very early on that no single criteria could determine what materials would fill this book. Differing understandings of taste and relevance exist throughout the Unitarian Universalist Association and shall continue to do so. Governed by our charge to produce an inclusive hymn book, we took the principles and the purposes of our association as the touchstones uh, of, our of our decision to proclaim our diversity. Each section has its place within a wide embrace of our heritage and our vision. They said to help us in the, in the difficult process of selection, we sang through each hymn and song many times, and we tested some of these in our congregations. Some hymns were obvious choices, some were elusive, and some we debated for years. Uh, we expect that some will require more thorough teaching than others. We encourage our congregations not to avoid the less familiar but richly rewarding works. Uh, they worked on this process for uh, about five years, I think. So I think probably many of us have favorite hymns and readings from this book. Uh, you may find that you rely on a particular song or reading when you think, uh, that you think about maybe when you're having a tough day, or you might notice that in the morning when you're taking a shower that there's this song in the background, uh, and maybe it's, it's one of our hymns. Uh, the songs and readings really do become part of our lives. We make meaning through the words. We find comfort and joy from them. We find challenge and things that we need to work on uh, about ourselves in the words. So today we'll share these words with each other uh, in our singing the living tradition, uh, the ones that have meaning for us. So um, what I'd like us to do is for everybody to take a few minutes and just look through the hymnal. Uh, if you haven't looked at it before, it's a good opportunity to just see what's there. Um, if um, you have a particular favorite hymn, a favorite reading, uh, you might find that. And then uh, in a few moments, we will um, share those with each other, those who want to do that. Um, and Austin is going to play for us um, three to five minutes, maybe, while everybody gets an opportunity to look through the hymnal. And then those who like will, will share um, what's important to you from the hymnal. So um, I think it's helpful um, if you'd like to share, if you can tell us the name of the reading uh, or the name of the song. If there's a particular stanza or phrase that's important to you, maybe read that particular one to us. Uh, maybe in a couple of sentences you can tell us um, why that particular um, reading or, or song is important to you. Um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you one of mine kind of as an example. There's a reading that I really like. This number 552, um, it's called My Help is in the Mountain by Nancy Wood. Uh, my help is in the mountain where I take myself to heal the earthly wounds that people give to me. 
I find a rock with the sun on it and a stream where the water runs gentle and the trees which one by one give me company. So I must stay for a long time until I have grown from the rock and the stream is running through me and I cannot tell myself from one tall tree. Then I know that nothing touches me nor makes me want to run away. My help is in the mountain that I take away with me. This one just reminds me of the importance of nature and how when I'm feeling in a tough spot, if I can get out into nature, I can feel better. Okay, would anyone like to share? So as you can imagine, a lot of these have meaning to me. Um, and a lot of them, I think they're a little wonky. I don't know. Um, but the, 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 and it was hard to choose just one. And it's a total coincidence, total coincidence that we did one of them today. Um, the Rachel Rogers was, was supposed to be speaking and she was ill. This was supposed to be for her talk, but it worked out perfectly and it is 123 Spirit of Life. Um, and I'm not gonna, I mean, we just sang it. I don't need to read the words. But why that means so much to me and why it kind of catches my heart every time we do it is that it's been 17 years now that I left the Bay Area, left my family, left my friends, left my home, left my job, left my Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of, of Sonoma County, and moved here to the buckle of the Bible Belt. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but um, I have never felt so, so lonely and so isolated in my life. Um, and one day I was like, I, I just got to go. I got to go myself. You know, I was married at the time. That was not a source of anti-loneliness and isolation, unfortunately. Um, and so I just, I went to First UU. And the first song the congregation sang was Spirit of Life. And I couldn't sing it because I choked so hard with tears running down my face because I was like, I'm home. This, the feeling was so intense. It was, it was really almost transformational. So I don't cry through it anymore, but every time we sing it, I remember that feeling of just like, God, I'm home. Um, so that's why that song, even though it's not my favorite tune or the catchiest words, um, it has a lot of meaning for me. The one I wanted to say something about was number 108, My Life Flows On, an Endless Song. Sometimes also called um, Cannot Keep From Singing. And uh, I liked this song already for years before we sung it in church because I've heard other people do it. And uh, the line that really gets me, there's a lot of them, it's really good. But uh, the third verse when it says, when tyrants tremble as they hear the bells of freedom ringing, when friends rejoice both far and near, how can I keep from singing? Um, so I, I love that line. Um, and then it has really special meaning to me because uh, when Allie Becker passed, um, Sarah Summer and I did a, did a uh, instrumental version of this at her celebration of life and that was really meaningful to me as well. I'm just going to talk about uh, 
my favorite hymn ever is Amazing Grace. And I ran away from church at a very early age, uh, but I was kind of sort of came from the Presbyterian church and amazing, and I went to a Presbyterian college. And Amazing Grace is kind of a Presbyterian um, hymn. And um, when I was in college and things were really horrible and terrible, I would go out to um, our little lakefront and sail. And when I was sailing, I would be singing the song to me, and that would be a way of me keeping time for how long have I been out here on the water, and then I would come back in. And so I've been singing this song to myself for a very long time. But um, and at one point, we were I, I was sailing with a guy who was um, very Catholic and a guy who was very Jewish, and they were both complaining about the guilt trips that their parents and their religions were were laying on them because the the Catholic guy hasn't gotten married and the Jewish guy was was dating someone who wasn't Jewish and his parents didn't approve and I thought wow I'm sitting here between Jewish guilt and Catholic guilt and I'm a Presbyterian who's been saved by grace <laughs> and I try to keep that grace I have a poster in my bedroom that just says grace 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 and I try to give grace to myself and other people, but that hymn has always been my favorite. So I started flipping from the back because I'm, I might actually be left-handed, so it's easier to do this than to do this. And I just ran across this one. I think we've maybe done it once or twice, but uh, it, there's been a thought in my mind, because I'm a big science nerd as well as a pagan, that my ancestors go all the way back to the beginning of life here on this planet. You don't think about that. You think about your ancestors just the last few generations. You don't think about your ancestors, you know, being small creatures running around the feet of dinosaurs, maybe so much, and, and, or the fact that we go back to being, you know, single cell critters. So we are not our own. Earth forms us, human leaves on nature's growing vine fruit of many generations, seeds of life divine. We are not alone, earth names us, past and present, peoples near and far, family and friends and strangers show us who we are. That's freaking deep. One of my favorites is 101, Abide With Me. And I know it was originally written to talk about, you know, God abiding, but the way that it's expressed to me is it's really whenever anyone is going through something difficult, you want someone there with you, you know, so whoever you're talking to, your best friend, your spouse, your um, mother, the universe, whenever we're going through anything, we just want someone to abide with us, and I just think the words in the music really capture that. So. Um, so I've had a couple, but there's one particular. We used to, uh, 
don't know if we've sung this here. I think we have. It's been 10 years and I don't remember. Um, it's a come, come, whoever you are. It's uh, normally done as a round. Um, but it's, uh, it's a fun song to sing and it has a little surprise at the end. At least seems surprising to me. So it's uh it's kind of fun. It's like dun dun da 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 dun da 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 And then it gets this like little trill. It's like dun da 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 dun da 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 Um and it's just like I said, it's fun to sing and it's fun when you hear the whole room singing in around. Um it's just a lot of fun. One of my favorites has always been 157, Step by Step, The Longest March. I'm trying to remember if the first time I heard these words, if it was done just as a reading together or a song. It was at a Unitarian church in Knoxville where I was living at the time and I attended. Um, and I heard it in one of the very first services I'd attended. And it, it just always really stuck with me um, about uh, community and what can be accomplished together. So I'm just going to read it. It's pretty short. Step by step, the longest march can be won, can be won. Many stones can form an arch, singly none, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished still. Drops of water turn a mill, singly none, singly none. This one actually started out um, being one of my lesser favorite. Actually, it was not a favorite. This one, I kind of was like, oh, God, are we doing this one again? Um, and it's 346, Come Sing a Song with Me. Uh, it's, it's kind of sing-songy and kind of like a, you could imagine a kindergarten class singing it. Nothing wrong with that. but um, And the words are kind of repetitive. And I kind of went through the motions. Come sing a song with me. Come sing a song with me, etc. Come dream a dream with me. Repeat that three times. Come walk in rain with me. Repeat that again. Come share a rose with me that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the wintertime. Um, then like five years ago, here I did a talk on hope and I was kind of feeling a little hopeless because, you know, the inauguration was about a week away and a few weeks away, I guess, and my cat just died, my divorce had just become final a few weeks before that. It was just, and it was winter, and it was cold, and it was, I was not feeling it. Um, so I went, um, did a little walkabout on the web, and came across a quote from Michael Tino about this song. He said, we confront the compl complex reality that something can be both insipid and profound simultaneously. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. And finally, as I really started digging into what hope meant and what the, you know, how it, um, what I thought of it, what other people thought about it, um, some different viewpoints on it, um, I finally saw the profoundness, profundity of this song. Um, sing a song with me, share your joy with me. Um, dream with me, share with me what's meaningful to you. Stay with me in stormy times, walk with me in rain. 
so that when you're feeling hopeless, I can know how to help you, how to try and help you navigate grief and loss. Um, and I can hold on to that hope for you when you're having a hard time holding on to it for yourself. Um, and the, that rose in the wintertime line, which I always kind of was whatever, um, I was like, yeah, it's a rose in the wintertime. It doesn't make the winter any less harsh or less cold, um, but it's a reminder that spring is coming, and so will joy. Would anyone else like to share? I actually had um, 346 come sing a song with me to, uh, to end, but you did a great job of explaining the profound part of that, of that song. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Hymnal Commission said this, we offer this book in the hope that its spirit in word and song will empower us to sing our living tradition in the 21st century. From the words that you all share today, it's clear that the book does provide inspiration, solace, and also hope. Thank you all for sharing.